And living righteously isn't like an add-on. No, it's highlighting that righteous living is seeking the kingdom. some some notes for you. So for those of you that are kind of beginning this process, as Mike is sharing, it takes time, right? It's not instant. And so you come up to the front the first time and you're like, ah, I don't know if something happened. Trust me. Just the fact that you got out of your seat and came to the front, there was a breakthrough that started working on the inside of you. You ask any person, they've, <laughs> I come to the front still. Because it's an ongoing process. It doesn't end, right? But you begin to understand that coming to the altar is the place of your breakthrough. And as you keep coming, you'll continually see breakthrough. Sometimes you don't feel anything. But trust me, something is happening. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, why? Because he never stops. So I'll just read some notes here. Uh, we're talking about hearing the voice of God. But in order to hear the voice of God, you've got to break into the presence of God. That means you have to break through the noise, the circumstances, the doubt, the unbelief, all that stuff on the inside of you. And it's a journey. It's a journey of being emptied out so that you can be filled up. Right? You've got to get all the junk out, and then we're going to get God in. And so in the Old Testament, Proverbs 4, 7, <clears throat> the book of Proverbs, Solomon says wisdom is the principal thing, that you need to get it, and in all you're getting, get understanding. That means you're responsible for getting wisdom. Do you know that Jesus is the wisdom of God? Say that. Say, Jesus is the wisdom of God. And Jesus said this. He said in Matthew 6, 33, Seek first the kingdom of God. Live righteously, and all these things will be added unto you. Right? So Jesus is the one we're following, right? We're in the New Testament. We're not in the Old Testament. We're going to go by what Jesus says. Jesus trumps everybody else. He's the trump card, right? And so if Jesus said, seek first the kingdom, that's your priority. That's what we have to do. Look at somebody and say, if you'll seek first the kingdom and live righteously. So, and living righteously isn't like an add-on. No, it's highlighting that righteous living is seeking the kingdom. And then all these things shall be added unto you. That means we need to turn from the world, from pleasing self, pleasing people, and we need to start living to please God. In 1 John 2, 15 through 16... It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If, you, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but they are from this world. So if you're, if you're pursuing things in the world, you're going the wrong direction. If it's about pride in your achievements, pride in what you own, doesn't mean you can't own nice things, but it's not about those things. 
those things get added unto you as a result of seeking God. So you're not worried about it. You're not running after those things. You're seeking first the kingdom and living right, living to please God, and God blesses you. And He adds no sorrow to it. You're walking along and blessings are looking for you. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. As you're walking, blessings are finding you. You attract the things you need when you walk on the road that God has for you to travel. When you live in the world, you're jealous of other people. You're in competition with other people. You're on a journey to fulfill your selfish dreams and visions and goals. And you'll walk on anybody to achieve those things. But that's not how it is in the kingdom. Even in Romans 12, 1 through 3, Paul writes, Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all He's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is the way to worship Him. Watch this. We think worship is lifting our hands and singing songs. That's not worship. Worship is a life of obedience. Worship is about you not following the customs and the patterns of the world. Worship is about you living right according to the Word of God. It says, don't copy the behavior customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So when you discover God's will for your life and you walk that life, that's a life of worship. That's a life that's surrendered. That's a life lived in obedience to God. Are you with me? Look at somebody and tell them you've got to turn from the world. Jesus said you need to seek first the kingdom. In Luke 17, 20 through 21, Jesus was asked by some Pharisees, so when, when the kingdom of God would come? And he answered and said to them, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will you say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Put your hand on your belly and say, the kingdom of God is on the inside of me. Say, the door to the kingdom is not on the outside. It's on the inside. One of the keys to seeing in the kingdom, in the book of John, Jesus talking to Nicodemus, Jesus says to him, you have to be born of the water and the spirit in order to see the kingdom and enter the kingdom. So once you receive Jesus and you get saved, you have access to see into God's world. Look at the person next to you and say, are you saved? You give your life to Jesus, that means you have access to see into the kingdom. You can see into heaven, by the way. You don't have to go see a psychic. You don't have to go visit a prophet. When you get the Holy Ghost, you, can, you have access to the kingdom. Say, I have access. Jesus is the doorway. He is the gateway. When you get Jesus, it opens. It's an ancient gate that opens. Your spirit comes alive, and now you have access again to God. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. You can get into the spirit other ways, but you can only get to the Father through Jesus. 
Say, the kingdom is within me. Romans 14.8 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Say, the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. How many of you know what depression feels like? How many of you know what stress feels like? And we think that when we live in the kingdom, we're not supposed to feel anything. But the Bible says right here that two-thirds of living in the kingdom is about feeling peace and feeling joy. Look at the person next to you and say, if you have peace and you have joy and you're living right, you're in the kingdom of God. <laughs> I feel joy bubbling. <laughs> comes from the inside. It's a river of joy that comes out of the kingdom, and it floods you, and then it's like, ho, ho. <laughs> you don't know why you're giggling, but it just bubbles in you. And sometimes you have to prime the pump. You go, ha, ha, he, he. Just try it. Go, ha, ha, he, he, ha, ha, ha. We're not supposed to laugh in church. You're supposed to be sour, bitter, angry. In His presence is fullness of joy, but we are not allowed to express any of that. Lord, hit them with a dose of joy. Send some angels to hold them down and tickle them. So righteousness is about your lifestyle. When you live right, you won't have stress. Very simple. But it's practical. You have to live it. You can't just read it. You have to live it. In our class this morning in Kickstart, one of the notes we had was read the Word with the intention to become the Word. Not just for head knowledge or to quote Scripture. Read it so that the Word transforms you and you live what the Word says. So we're supposed to live in the kingdom. You're supposed to live from the presence. That's your abiding place. When you live there, it's like Wi-Fi. You're constantly connected to God. You never feel separated from Him. And I'm telling you guys that are starting this journey... There's giants, there's things that are in the way, but if you'll just hang around, we're going to help you break through all this stuff, holding you back from abiding in the presence. You're not supposed to visit on Sunday. We're going to go visit the presence. When Siobhan sings, I feel tingly. The atmosphere changes. It's something, yeah, serious. So, who knows what I'm talking about? Because she's a worshiper and she has a gift to unlock the atmosphere of heaven. She's not singing for popularity. She truly worships when she sings. It's a full surrendered heart. And because she knows how to get into the presence, it unlocks it in the room. That's why when Siobhan's having a bad day, I know it. Just like I know when you're having a bad day. 
There's no atmosphere of heaven on you. It's another sound. It's a sound of fear, worry, stress, because you're taking thought for your own life, and you're not trusting God with your life. And sometimes the Lord allows you to go through battles to deal with the weaknesses in your character to expose them so that you can see that you're on shaky ground and He wants to bring you into a solid foundation. Every battle that you go through is epic because you're going to be stronger on the other side. If you will learn what you need to learn in the battle. You see, when you face a battle, it's like coming to the cross. Whatever comes out of me that is not in faith needs to die. Because I'm still in an area where I'm trusting myself instead of trusting in God. And so when you have a bigger challenge, it exposes a deeper level of fear where you're not yet solid. And that's how you become stronger. God has to go deeper into your foundation to show you things that He still needs to work in you. So never see your challenges as the end of your life. See the challenges as the end of your fear. The giant of fear is going to die. I don't think you know who you are. You are a child of the Most High God. Nothing in the world can overpower you. You have access to heaven. You have all authority and power in Christ. And when that clicks in you, it's like the matrix. You're dealing with Mr. Anderson or whoever. What's that guy's name? Agent Smith. Agent Smith. You don't even have to fight. You can fight with one hand tied behind your back because he's defeated. Can you say amen? Ephesians 6.12 says we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in, in the dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Verse 13 says, even though we're fighting a spiritual battle, you have weapons and you have armor. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm not fighting the flesh. I'm not fighting people. There's a spiritual battle. And God has given you armor to protect you and he's given you weapons to overcome. So you got a helmet. It's like Iron Man's helmet. God talks to you, Jarvis. It's bulletproof. Doesn't matter what the enemy sends towards your brain, it's not getting in. Yeah, it's instruction and direction and clarity. That helmet of salvation, it protects your mind from the enemy's lies. It can't penetrate your brain to take root in there. Your mind and your ears and your sight is protected. But you have to wear the helmet. That means you don't open your eyes and ears and heart up to things you're not supposed to be looking at. You're not going to feed on things that are going to develop fear. You need to feed on things that are going to increase your faith. And you have to decide, are you living according to what's going on in the world, or are you living according to God's world? 
And you have to choose. It's a daily choice that you have to make. And you get to choose what source you're going to draw from. You have a helmet of salvation. You've been given love, power, and a sound mind. You have not been given a spirit of fear. You have a breastplate of righteousness. When you live right, you're protected. All your vital organs are protected. You have a shield of faith. Faith is your trust is in God, not in my own strength. And it's able to quench everything that the enemy is shooting at you. You wear a belt of truth. You have your shoes with the message of the gospel. You have a sword of the Spirit. You have a living word from God that you can use out of your mouth against every strategy of the enemy to take you down. When you start hearing lies in your head, you can't just hear sound. Something has to be releasing sound. So who is speaking to you? You're not going to make it. Where's that voice coming from? You have to recognize the voice and shut it up. And you don't shut it up by going, No, you speak at it. And you speak what the Word of God says. My God provides all of my needs. I don't care what the prices are. My God provides all of my needs. That's how you fight. But you've got to have the sword of the Spirit. You've got to have some Word on the inside of you. And family, if you're just entertaining your spirit, You've got no substance. Listen to me. Your Bible contains everything you need for your life. And if you only crack it open, if you only read it on the screen, on Sundays, you're in big doo-doo, Jaja. You're in a world of trouble because you do not know how to defend yourself. You don't know how to fight the good fight of faith. You're not equipped to win the war. And I can lay my hands on your head all day long. I can get virgin olive oil from the Mount of Olives. Hand-pressed by some rabbi. Made kosher in the name of Jesus. That olive oil will do nothing for you. Are you with me? It's what are you putting inside of you that's going to make you strong. And there is no greater foundation than the Word of God. Can you say amen? There is the javelin of prayer. You take your enemies out when you pray before they even get to you. If you're constantly fighting battles, it's because you spend no time on your knees. You're not in God's presence. Because you'd have a protection around you. When you spend time in God's presence, He takes care of stuff and He knocks things out of the way so you never have to deal with them. I had a dream one day. In the dream, I, would, I saw myself going into prayer, into the presence. And as I went into the presence, the time stopped on the wall. Because I was always worried that I wouldn't have enough time to get the things done that God needed me to get done. 
And what I came to realize is the Lord showed me that in His presence, my time is accelerated. He takes care of stuff so that it's quicker to get through. You know that's real. Do you know that you have a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness? Any depression or heavy thing that wants to get on you, if you'll begin to praise God for who He is, that thing will break off you immediately. You have angels that are servants to the heirs of salvation. There are more angels that are with us than there are demons that are against us. You are hidden in Christ, in God. You are hidden and protected from the plague, from the pestilence, and the arrow that flies at noonday. Man, you are, you've got like a force field around you. You're untouchable. Can you say Amen. And so, God expects us to live by faith. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith it is impossible to please Him. And anyone that comes to God must believe that He is, and that is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And so, you have to believe God exists, and you have to go on a journey with diligence to find God. And Jeremiah 29, 12, and 13 says that if you seek Him with all your heart, you will find Him. I will be found by you, says the Lord. What am I talking about today? I want to show you how to fight so that you can overcome the stuff that's coming against you so that you can come into the presence and live in the presence. Because that's where you're going to hear God. That's where it's going to flow through you. But you can't visit, guys. You have to make a decision. I'm going to live there. I'm not living in Egypt where I'm beaten anymore. I'm not living in the wilderness where it's just enough. I'm going to live in the presence of God. I'm going to live in the overflow. And so, we have to fight the good fight of faith. We have to live righteously. We have to live according to the Word of God. Knowing your purpose and being established in your identity as a child of God and abiding in His presence, you can experience eternal joy and eternal peace all the time. And I'm telling you, when you have that on the inside of you and you're in this place, it doesn't matter what comes against you any longer. That joy and that peace sustains you and it protects you. It comes, but it bounces off you because you're secure in the kingdom. You're secure in God's presence. You're invincible in God's presence. It's when you come out of the presence that you become prey for the enemy. You become the target. You're no longer the one hunting. You become the hunted. So what happens when God speaks? And I'll close with this today. What happens when God speaks to you? 1 John 1, 5 says that God is light. And in Him there is no darkness. Say God is light. John 4, 24 says God is spirit. Say God is spirit. John 4, 7 through 9 says that God is love. Say, God is love. In Genesis 2, 7, the Bible says that when God breathes, He breathes the breath of life. So when God speaks to you, He releases light. Because He is light. He releases who He is through His words. Light enters you. That means clear direction, clarity. 
There is no darkness. There's no confusion. There's no fear. It actually expels darkness when God speaks. When God speaks, He imparts love to you. When the love of God comes with His voice, there's a security that you find in God that you can take on anything and win. My dad is with me. When God speaks in His Word, there is the breath of life. That's why we want God to speak to us. God speaks from His Spirit to your spirit, and when He speaks, He imparts love, He imparts light, and He imparts life. Stand with me this morning. I was sharing this with our Kickstart group this morning. And um, I was telling them that when you spend time with God and you come into the presence, in His presence, you are actually no longer in time. You are now in eternity. When you're in the presence of God, God is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and He's the end. So in His presence, you can see anything in the timeline of your life. God can show you things about your childhood that maybe you've forgotten or situations that have happened that He wants to deliver you from that you don't realize you're carrying. Or what He can do is He can show you your future. He can show you the things that He has to come in your life. And when you come into the presence and God speaks to you, and speaking, when God speaks, it's not like necessarily a voice. It's like an impartation of knowing. It's like something transfers from God's mind to your heart. I've heard the Lord speak to me, and it's a normal voice. He doesn't shout. If God has to shout at you, that means you're not paying attention. And when God speaks to you, it's almost like in what He's communicating, you can see things, you can hear things, there's a deposit, and you just know. It's like beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know stuff. And I'm telling you, family, the place that we're coming to is where you're no longer living through your five senses, being bound by the natural realm. You're actually in God seeing who you are in the future. And when you have foresight and God shows you through the eyes of faith who you are and what He has for you, your whole life begins to clear up. And you have a confidence that if I'll just keep walking the road I'm on, I'm going to walk into what God showed me and what God promised me. And that's what we're in. We're in the year of the fulfilling of promises. And there's things that the Lord is going to show you in this season. Things that are in this year, not even next year. Stuff that God has for you this year. And the minute you see it, all fear, all worry, all concern, all defeat breaks off you. And now there's an impartation of victory and hope because you know what God has for you. It's like God takes the future and puts it into you now. And you have a confidence that you've already won. And that's why you have to press through whatever's coming at you to get to the place of hearing God and being in His presence so that God can show you how you've already overcome the stuff you're facing. 
does this make sense? I'm trying my best to put this in words so that you can understand what I'm talking about. There is no greater life than this life in God. And so you've got to fight the giants. You, that's the circumstances coming at you. You've got to fight the demons of your past that keep trying to hound you. They're like hound dogs. You've got to shut those voices down. And then you've got to overcome your attitudes because of your fear in the moment. And the only place to break through is when you come into the presence. But there's a battle to get in there. And it's not fighting with your children. Shut up, I can't get to God because you make too much noise. The battle is not flesh and blood. It's a spiritual thing that goes on on the inside of you. There has to be silence in you to hear God. He speaks in the silence. Just trying to help you. Amen. So lift your hands to heaven. Heavenly Father, you said to me that I am anointed to break every barrier keeping people out of relationship with you. And Father, I speak judgment on the enemy's assignment to distract your people. And I impart today, by faith, the grace to overcome and to find resting place in your presence. I thank you for an anointing upon your people to overcome every voice, every distraction, and every attempt of the enemy to keep your people out of your presence. And Father, I pray that a holy righteousness would rise up on the inside of them, that they would press through every obstacle in their minds, every obstacle of the flesh, every distraction of the world, every attempt to find righteousness with you in their own works, and that you would bring them to a place of security and solid footing in relationship with you, God. Lord, you did it for me. You've done it for my wife. You've done it for many people. And I ask that you would do it for every person in this room. I thank you for your mercy and your grace. And I declare victory, a victorious church living in the Spirit, led by the Spirit, hidden in Christ Jesus, with authority and power, knowing their assignments, oh, able to do all things through Christ who strengthens them, filled with the kingdom, righteous living, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? I'm just so glad to be a part of the family. No matter what you're going through, I got you and you got me too. What's up with the family? Got your heart with